everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I, I, science is bad, and, and, and apparently the courts are also bad, and just everything is bad. Is this connected to the episode of this week, or? It is. It okay. really is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hi guys, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us uh, by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all our bonus content. I encourage you to check that out. Help us out. On this week's episode, it is The Parent Rap, episode CABF22. Originally aired November 11th, 2001. Written by George Meyer and Mike Scully. Directed by Mark Kirkland. Seen by approximately 14... 0.4 million viewers uh, received a 6.9 rating, a 16 share among adults aged between 18 and 49, making the second most watched television show of the night lose in it in that demographic, losing to Malcolm in the Middle, which is, I guess, appropriate. Well, yeah, because th- this is definitely the worst of the two Jane Kaczmarek uh, performances. It, it, yes, she uh, yeah, she won awards for Malcolm in the Middle. She did not win any awards for The Simpsons. Uh, the episode was listed among the 15 most watched shows in its demographic that week. The chalkboard gag, nobody reads these anymore. <laughs> well, you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, the couch gag, the Simpsons jump out of the painting of the, of the simply drawn sailboat behind the couch. They are, there's a splash as they get out of the water. It's fine. Yep. It's all right. You know, not bad. It's not a blatantly offensive like most of this episode. Oh boy. Is it ever. Episode guest stars Jane Gizmerick as Judge Constance Harm, and then it lists Jess Harnell as Charlton Heston? When does that happen? I honestly did not remember, and I don't know who that is. I don't either. I wonder if that was, like, a deleted scene or something. Or was that on, was it on, no, it wasn't on the tele, it wasn't on TV. I don't remember any Charlton Heston here. Jess Harnell is is a voice actor, uh, has voiced uh, Wacko. Warner and AMAX and Crash Bandicoot. Oh, okay. So, uh, very experienced voice actor who, you know, probably would do a good job. I guess so. I don't remember. It, I don't know. This this whole episode, this this whole episode, I literally, I just asked Matt before we started recording, this episode feels like a fever dream. Like, I'm not sure if it actually happened. So, anything. They, you could literally tell me anyone was in this, and I would leave you because I might have just not, I might have blinked, and it happened while I wasn't looking. <sighs> okay. Let's... Gotta focus on this one. I can do this. I can do this. So we begin the episode with uh, Homer taking Bart and Milhouse to school, and they're listening to the radio. And the radio as having the radio station is having a contest that if you track down their van, you get forty dollars. That's what's happening, Which, right? Yeah. See, the thing about radio things is like it. it they are very contrived in The Simpsons because they need something to happen. Uh, for example, uh, when uh, they had the whole area code thing in Tale of Two Cities, uh, Two Springfields, uh, they had them being randomly called. Like they were calling random numbers. And radio stations don't do that because, one, it might take 30 or 40 phone numbers before you find somebody to actually pick up and who knows who the hell your radio station is for the same reason they don't you don't have to run around like the radio station will say hey we're here at this place all day come get stuff from us because obviously they don't want you they don't want to encourage dangerous behavior as in this episode i it doesn't matter honestly it's just very confusing there's so many confusing there's so many things in this episode i'm not going to mention all of them that's not going to mention all of them 
I just want to make I'll try. Don't you worry. There's so many things in here that are just confusing and that don't ultimately matter, but they're just there. And you're like, why is this happening? So there's a radio van that Homer is trying to chase down, but he lets off the kids in the off in the middle of town before he does that. Why doesn't they just ride with him? Because they have to get to school, and I'm assuming Homer thinks this will be faster to get them to school. I, he can't, but he he wants to get the forty dollars. He does, obviously doesn't care about getting to work on time, but he does care about getting the kids to school. But does not care about getting the kids to school, so they actually drive them closer to school before chasing after. Again, yes, whatever. So the kids are wandering through town, I guess, trying to get to school, maybe, uh, and they they come across, uh, the. the Wiggum and his, and his cop car parked at uh the the uh, the donut uh well, I can't think of the name the donut place Matt um Lard Lad Lard Lad they're parked at Lard Lad and we get an inexplicable scene with Wiggum and a waitress <laughs> I <laughs> they needed a joke and just explain why Wiggum wasn't in his car I guess I I know but it's like a minute long and it's him asking talking to some waitress who doesn't answer him it's frankly my probably my favorite scene in this episode because it's not connected to the rest of this garbage but and it's so absurd and strange it feels like it doesn't belong and that's the thing it's just like him talking to this waitress like yeah they have a donut that makes you lose weight refill my donut with jelly you're like it's this is so strange but at least it's it's absurd in some way i don't know however uh bart and milhouse find the cop car they're looking inside the cop car because it has tear gas in it and you know cop things it has a helmet it has that police hat with a little rain protector on it i guess uh there's also a dog in there which wouldn't they see the dog you'd think so uh maybe they had really tinted i actually have never seen a a canine unit in a car they've always been an suv which has heavily tinted windows so it's possible they're just dumb or the springfield police department is bad at policing it's just i how many times are we going to get a joke about people being scared of something that's already in a car with them i mean it's been a thing ever since cars were so probably forever now i'm just simpsons i mean in the simpsons right like simpsons safari they literally make a joke about lisa and them not seeing a a a, a, a animal in the car with them that is in the car with them they would see a dog i'm just saying they would see a dog so well of course but it's it, the, the joke requires that they don't it's not, jokes are funny matt i want to make that very clear to the simpsons writers of 2001 ah, ah, ah. jokes are funny if you just have inexplicable things happening that's not a joke Oh, Barton Milhouse are goofing off. They embarrass Flanders. Uh, and then the dog, There, there's a dog. The police dog's there. And they are there in the cop car. Wiggum's still in the donut shop. He tries to radio the dog. And it, then it gets angry. And then they accidentally steal the cop car. Is the car on? Where are the keys? Well, you know, it's Wiggum. He obviously leaves the keys in there. Or it has a spare key above the... Uh... The, the sunshade thing regardless they steal they accidentally accidentally steal the cop car and then we are treated to a minute and a half of them causing mayhem by driving through things yeah they go the car drives around uh it goes to like a young athletes picnic or something that are getting award they're getting awards whatever it doesn't matter they they cartwheel out of the way of the car they, at least don't get hit uh, matt at this at this point no one gets hit by a car so that's i guess a small victory yeah. There is a giant uh, a giant cauldron of hot soup that is just in the street. 
that they have to swerve and avoid. Which is a totally thing that happens. I just passed a soup truck uh, on my way home today, and uh, obviously it was uncovered on the top. So you got to be very careful about those soup trucks. No soup for you. Exactly. You remember that? I I do. That's the kind of joke you would expect to have in this episode. It's from from Seinfeld. You remember? Yes. Yes, I do remember that. Thank you. They crash. And uh, they crash the car. (sighs) Millhouse and Bart, we just jump to them in juvenile court. Which is where they would go, obviously. Uh, you know, no hospitals or anything because no one got hurt. This is this is wacky fun where nobody ever gets hurt. It's not bad fun. I don't. I will happily take them shortcutting to like something happening that matters. But this is literally like I don't. I felt like I was time traveling that because suddenly we're at the act, end of Act One. It's seven minutes in, and I'm just like, "Wow, how did I get here? What is going on?" Because we get. We get Judge Snyder first, recognizable Judge Snyder, mm-hmm. and he's uh, talking to Millhouse. So we get Millhouse's sentence first. Uh, Your Honor, please don't send my son to juvie. He's basically a good kid. He's just weak, morally and in the upper body. Please let me slip through the cracks. Well, you look like a good student. What were those glasses? And I suppose boys will be boys. Case dismissed. <laughs> Good old Judge Snyder. Next defendant, Bartholomew J. Simpson. Well, showtime. <laughs> Why, hello, Bart. Say, are those new shoes? Yes, they are, Roy. Judge Snyder, while we're young. Oh, sorry. Oh, my. Looks like you were the ringleader in this car theft. And that's a felony. Yes, sir. On the other hand, I was young once. I'll bring the car around. And I suppose boys will be... Oh, oops. My vacation just started. <laughs> All rise for the Honorable Judge Constance Harm. <gasps> Silence in my courtroom. So, her name's Constance Harm. Mm-hmm. You know, like Constant Harm. Get it? I I do get it. Um. Yeah, judges absolutely just. Oh, um, in the middle of the case, I'm just gonna leave. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the alarm went off, so obviously his vacation starts in the middle of the day. Like, I understand plot contrivances have to happen sometimes for the sake of convenience' sake. I'm not gonna call you out on all of them, but. Things have to happen for a reason. Like, this is just lazy. Well, yeah. I mean, this is this is hard work to do this stuff like It's like literally if this is kind of getting nuts and bolts, like dirty, like inside baseball of writing. But let's say you're writing this episode and you have the idea of, OK, we want like they, they were talking. They talk about how the idea for this episode is they read a lot of different uh, judges doing creative sentencing, which is lo- like, which becomes a huge point of this episode about, you know, them doing alternative sentencing, not sending them people to jail or to probation or anything, but giving them like, oh, you have to walk through downtown of this city with a big sign that says, you know, I am whatever, I'm a bad parent or I did this thing and shame, shame someone publicly or blah. There's a lot of them uh, out there. And that they were like, well, how do we do that? How do we make that happen? 
in in a plot? How do we get to a point where we can have the Simpsons experience creative sentencing? Well, you'd have, you know, some one of them commit a crime. It's Bart in this case. And we demonstrate that this is not the normal system in Springfield. We have a new judge in Springfield that we've never seen before. So we have Judge Snyder, who we've seen before, is, is starts, and then we have to replace him with the new judge who's tough, who's serious. And it's like nuts and bolts. How do we get Judge Snyder out of the picture? Just with, with th- in this plot, and you're writing it, you go, okay, what are the things that could happen to Judge Snyder? To make make it so that he is not sentencing Bart. We have a new judge. And this is lazy writing. This is literally, oh, a timer goes off and he walks away. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Like, do something. I can see the seams. I can see your bad writing. You are supposed to hide it. I'm not supposed to think of this as bad writing. I'm supposed to think of this as characters doing things for reasons. You say Judge Snyder's like, oh... I he, literally, in, and especially in the middle of Bart's case, if he just left, it would be so much better if he just left after Millhouse. If you just said, "Oh, that was my, that's my time," and he goes, and then the, the new judge next comes case in, is somebody else. Yeah, like that makes it a hundred percent more believable. Like, are are they, Matt? I'm gonna. This is a serious question. Are they actively trying to suspend, or, like, to ruin our disbelief, to to make us think, oh, this is not real? I have to imagine it is no longer a concern for them because of the current staff who creates the episodes uh, in this season. They just think that we that is not a concern that most of their fans have. They just want jokes, 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 and being cruel is funny, and that's what they're focusing on. Uh, it's just incredibly frustrating because it's just – it's constantly ta- – this happens all the time. It is not just this one time. It is constantly just happening where you're like, real people don't act like this. Real life's not like this at all. It's not even like it's not you know, Simpsons and Springfield are like always adjacent to real life. They're not necessarily real, but it's always adjacent. It's next door. Believable enough for me to suspend my disbelief. But this is another planet. These are all like I've said this before doing scholarly episodes. All these people are aliens. These aren't humans. No one acts like this in real life. Nothing like this ever happens. And I, I need some if for for their actions to have meaning, it has to have real consequences and for have real consequences it means it has to be connected to earth in some way so judge constant harm is now our judge to for for bart and uh she she sentences him but she also sentences homer grand theft auto it was an accident ma'am don't spit on my cupcake and tell me it's frosting What did she say about cupcakes? According to this, your father was driving you to school? Then where was he when you stole the police car? Um, your honor, I was chasing the KBBL Party Penguin Prize Patrol. You abandoned your son to win $40? And a Blue Oyster Cult medallion. Cool. And that was more important than keeping your son out of trouble? Your honor, if I may sing a little bit of Don't Fear the Reaper, I think you'll agree that... I'm familiar with BOC. But you have got a boy here who is crying out for adult supervision. I couldn't agree more. Perhaps some sort of court-appointed babysitter or au pair. Sorry, Bob. That crow won't caw. It won't. I hereby order you to be tethered to your son. Tethered? Tethered. Report to room five. Room five? There we go. How's that? It's a little tight. 
Sir, you are not a size four. I used to be. <laughs> ha ha ha, fat jokes and people holding on to sizes about handcuffs. We go to commercial seven minutes and ten seconds in. Oh, do we do we have to? Mm-hmm. Okay, we come back from commercial and the family is at home uh, talking about what's happened. Oh, this punishment is so cruel. And unusual. Can that judge do this to us? Creative sentencing is common these days. That's why Bill Clinton is our new mailman. <clears throat> Dang magazines. <clears throat> get it because bill clinton committed a crime which you know obviously he did but i'm pretty sure the one that referenced wasn't actually a crime but it's I, the simpsons in the 2000s Who knows? I, I don't know that's what i like it's just constant of things that like what what are you talking about like what's going on i don't i don't know what's happening why is bill clinton your mailman why no, no one does because they refuse to explain the joke to the point where anyone could actually get it what is that what but bill clinton okay it doesn't sure no that is a tiny little thing don't worry we're gonna get to some stuff that you're just gonna <laughs> cause your brain to explode i'm aware man so anyway I'm, I'm ready yeah so uh, the family is uh you know cautiously optimistic let's say about the tether uh we see barding class with homer uh homer is sleeping um, because apparently he'll be working the night shift now and he has night terrors so of course he starts screaming in the middle of class you know oh this tether is awful bad thing number one it, uh, it, then we see cobras man Yes, cobras. Cobras are in Homer's night terrors. It's totally not something you should see a doctor about, just cobras and nightmares. I don't I'm just report the facts. I know. Uh, we also see Bart playing baseball with Homer. Uh, Bart, you know, is up to bat. He hits the ball. Homer, of course, can't keep up because Bart is a 10-year-old and Homer is a, what do we say, 39-year-old man? 37-year-old man, something like that? Sure. Late 30s, weighs 250 Late 30s, pounds. yeah. Baseball. Bart is up to bat. He hits the ball he runs around the bases a homer a late 30 something man that's 200 plus pounds uh cannot keep up because you know obviously uh however somehow bart is strong enough to drag homer around the bases so he gets dragged through a whole bunch of terrible things and when he is done he is very proud of bart but he is all bloodied and disgusting because i guess causing pain to humans is funny okay anyway matt matt we're not that's not no 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 not anyway well if we stop about and talk about every single time, cruelty is funny. No, 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 no. Not even that, Matt. Okay, so one, Bart dragging Homer around like he weighs nothing. Sure, whatever. Why is there broken glass in on the baseball field? Because it's a public school and they have a very low. It's not a public school. It's not a public school. That this would oh, be. I, a, they were at the school. I don't think so. This is, I think this is like a uh, you know a paid league, whatever it would be. I, I don't Well, I, that's a pretty terrible league. I don't know. So, but Homer's dragged through the broken glass, and then he's bloody, covered in blood, you said. But then, this is not, that's not the end of it. Because then, literally, he falls over, not unconscious, but asleep. Not unconscious, but asleep. Which is what you do, you tire, you just, you just fall over. And then has more night terrors about cobras. Yep, running gag. Aren't running gags great? Covered in blood, falls asleep. Yep. Pain is not a thing for Homer. Homer does I, not feel pain. Mm, We've seen that. Uh, that's actually not true, Matt, at all. Matt, uh, he, he, I Homer, know, Robbie. Homer definitely feels pain. I just want to make sure that I make I another it's inexplicable 
Like, what's happening? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the noise, Matt. That's that's the noise you make the entire episode. You're just like, eh. yeah. It's like, oh, this is a long series of jokes we get about uh, how bad the tether has affected them. So, <laughs> all right, we've still got more to go. Uh, we do get a nice sweet moment of Bart and Homer uh, because Homer now has to work the night shift so he can go to school with Bart. Uh, I guess they don't have a second shift that can happen after school, but still. Um, so they are on top of the smokestacks, which is is not a place people go. Uh, and they have a nice sweet moment of how much they are enjoying each other's company and how quiet the power plant is night. And Homer thinks that a smokestack building is their house because Homer's dumb. No, no, no. He thinks that the uh-huh. church. Is, he thinks the church is their house. Oh, is it a steeple? I thought it was another it's a, smokestack. It's a steeple. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Uh, then as they're walking home the next day, uh, we presume the next day there are no dates or anything. Uh, <laughs> we're in Barton eating ice cream. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you expect them to have some sort of continuity within even within the episode? Come on. No, Robbie, I don't. That's why I just moved on past it. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, the next day, they're eating ice cream. They hurt each other by wrapping themselves around a pole. Homer uh, goes for his usual painkiller, a beer, uh, and he goes into Moe's. Uh, Moe is obviously like, well, we can't have minors in here uh, because this is a bar and minors are not allowed. So Bart has to wait outside in the cold while Homer drinks and gets drunk because, you know, Homer can't have one beer. Uh, so, yes, uh, Bart has to suffer. And then uh, uh, Bart tugs on the tether to let Homer know he wants to leave. So Homer reveals uh, in the ensuing you know mess that he is uh, wearing $600 pants. Which, why does Homer have six hundred dollar pants? Who knows? They don't go into it. It's just a joke so that Mo can rob him because Mo robs now. Jokes, y'all. So yes, um, I next. I officially, Matt. I. This is a. It's perfect example. A perfect example of it is just a perfect summation of what is terrible about the Scully years. Yep. It's like in, in three steps. It's it, and it takes thirty seconds, and it demonstrates it all. Bart is being left out in the cold for no reason. No abuse. Haha. It's just pointless cruelty. Two, Homer wearing six hundred dollar desire jeans. No, that's nothing like Homer's character. He wouldn't wear six hundred dollar designer jeans. He couldn't afford them. He wouldn't want them. They wouldn't make designer jeans in his size. If you are more than a, like a thirty four, you're not going to find designer jeans in your size. I mean, that, that that was the case back then. Now they're a little more open to it, but yes, Homer's size would definitely... Homer's like a 46 or something, Matt. He's not going to well, find... Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, even now, you wouldn't find Homer size in designer jeans. <laughs> now I think they go up to 38, Robbie. Oh, okay. And then, so that's one, two, and then three, most stealing his pants for no At reason. Gunpoint. At gunpoint. For no reason. Because he robs now. Because Mo is Mo, what is Mo's character trait? He's a scumbag. Let's try to work that in however we can. I that's and it's just like a a, a quote unquote joke, I, it, it, and it's just everything all at once. Terrible, mm-hmm. terrible. So yes, uh, at this point, uh, the family goes home. Obviously, no one is happy about what has happened. Uh, but we see Judge Harm on TV uh, espousing her philosophies about discipline. There's a new judge in town with a hard-nosed approach to juvenile crime. Punish the parents. <laughs> it's about time. Oh. Kids are running wild, Kent. And I blame Mr. and Mrs. Neverspank. Uh-oh. We'll, we'll have to bleep their names. You'll bleep nothing. Parents, it's time to take control. If you can't cope, 
You'll wear the rope. Well, you can tell she's never had kids. Look how high and firm her breasts are. Aha, misdirection boob joke. Honestly, that's probably the least offensive thing in this episode. I, I just... It's... It, it doesn't... I don't know, man. I don't know. I know. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Homer doesn't want to get up to take Bart to the bathroom, so he tries to force him to use a bottle in the living room, which, um, again, child abuse. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's gotten a lot of people in trouble, but Homer does it, so it's funny. And then uh, we get to probably the worst scene in this episode mm, for so many reasons. No. No? No. 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 Okay. Have we gotten to the worst scene yet? No, it's at the end, man. Uh, oh. I would say this, oh, well, this, yeah. this is the second. I would say second worst. You're right. You're right. There, There's a much worse one coming up. Anyway, uh, so Homer and Marge are uh, in bed, and uh, they are kissing because they're a married couple. So that they do. Uh, however, uh, Homer decides that he wants to have sex, despite the fact that he is no less than four feet from his son at all times. Uh, and he then basically begs Marge and then tries to force the issue uh despite the fact that again bart is right there trying to do his homework next to the bed um and of course homer and bart get into a fight they start using the tether to hurt each other and eventually marge just it reaches her limit and she cuts the tether which say hey, that's the thing that would happen totally uh, a thing i uh, i i would say matt that if this led to anything if it led to anything with purpose, I would say this was a good plot point. Like, it's a fun, like, Yes, March. if it led somewhere. That, uh, yeah. like, okay, I can think of several different ways this episode could play out. Oh, no, they, they've cut the tether. Now they have to hide it. Now they have to pretend like they're still connected. Okay, that's somewhere this could go. Uh, or even the way this episode goes. Oh, no, no, Marge is going to be in trouble. But what happens next? Well, okay. first of all, first of all, this is just one of the many, many reasons tethering somebody to their child would not work. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, my parents did not shower or you know use the bathroom in front of me after I was like two years old. So obviously a 10-year-old, that would not be okay. Uh, Homer uh, is an adult and has, you know, obviously human needs, uh, you know, using the bathroom, showering, sex, etc., that are incompatible with being tethered to a child. Just... There's so many reasons this is stupid, which I get is the point of the episode, but I know, no, worse. no, no, Matt, there is no point to this episode. There is no, there is not, they don't like there, they don't even have that surface level. There's no, there's nothing. There is nothing to this. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, I'll disagree with you here. There is a point to this episode and the point is, oh man, look at all these crazy punishments the judges are handing down. Wouldn't it be funny if that happened to the Simpsons? That's the whole point of this episode. If you can hear my air quotes, it's just really, really, really dumb and it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> What happened? But okay, so she cuts this tether, and there, no, there. I mean, there, there's no way that anyone would know that she cut it, though, right? No, unless it had some kind of alarm on it, you know, because you know you could have these things monitored. Like, oh no, uh, you know, it, there's a battery in it that has to be restocked, and an alarm goes off. No, there is a fiber optic freaking cable in the tether, which somehow they can see her face in, which just <laughs> no. I, no, absolutely not. I I uh, I knew that you would find that. Uh, oh yeah, upsetting. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, just know. Uh, but at this point, Judge Harm can see everything that they're doing. Somehow, uh, they can see her in a tiny little fiber optic fiber, which generally, just so you know, it, it's about the width of four or five human hairs, generally on a fiber optic uh, cable. So how the heck they can see her and hear her, for that matter, 
baffles the mind. That's, uh, it's it's just that, magic, man. This is all this is. This this is yeah. this. This is this is more this the robot house segment of the Trios of Horror is this. more believable. It has a a a a a, a more believable ground in science than a real episode where they cut open a a, lo- a a tether and there's a person inside that can talk and see and you can hear them. Fiber raptors your magic, Robbie. I uh, you're right. It's, I, it, this is it's this again. This is just lazy writing. There are way there is there are uh, there are, are so many ways you can easily get around this and have the same outcome where you have Judge Harm know that they cut the tether. There's so there's other ways to do this that are not so stupid, but they didn't want to spend the time to do that. They just went, oh, she's in the tether. She can see them. She actually lives in the tether. Uh, that's that's where her house is. Everything else we see is just a holographic projection. Like it's hard light. It doesn't it it doesn't. It's not like one of the things where like, oh, it, it's not, if you think about it too hard, it falls apart. You don't have to think about this to understand that it makes no sense how is she where's the camera she's being recorded theoretically and projected into this if like if you want to buy into the oh yes there is a way you can project someone's face inside this tether on fiber optic lines that means she's being recorded i mean she's being recorded at in the middle of the night and is ready at a moment's notice to be in this tether and she's talking about like i assume she's doing this to other people as well so she's just constantly ready no, of course not. This makes no sense. <sighs> so, yes, uh, at this point, uh, Judge Harm sees Marge with the knife and assumes she's being threatened because that's the kind of person they wrote her to be. And the next day we see them back in court uh, because now the judge has to modify the sentence. And it's uh, it's something. Well, I thought dad was the problem, but apparently mom is no prize pig herself. It's a miracle poor Bartholomew isn't robbing banks and chasing Sweet Lady H. I'm a latchkey kid. You are not. Quiet, little girl. You two need to wake up and smell the java. And the first step is to admit that you're bad parents. I admit it. Oh, no, we're not bad parents. Yes, you are. Just say it. No, I won't. And frankly, Judge, I think you're a bully. You do, huh? You're so busy thinking up crazy ways to punish people, you can't see how much I love my kids. Um, Your Honor, I'd like to be tried separately. I don't mean to be disrespectful, Judge Harm, but we are not bad parents. And there isn't a tether in this world with enough fiber optics to make me say we are. Hmm. She's such a butthole. So... Yes, Judge Harm doubles down um, because obviously this is working so well. Uh, but secondly, I just like to refute the point that Marge's we're not bad parents. I mean, look at Bart. You're not great parents. So we can at least say that. Uh, but yes, this is how we end the act. We, after this, we go to a commercial and we get to see how Homer and Marge uh, live their lives in portable stocks. So remember that tether thing? Mm-hmm. It's gone now. That's forgotten about. No more yep. tethers. New creative punishment. That's a new one, and it's it's just baff- it's just baffling to me. Like they just it's just whatever it's it's just whatever whatever springs to mind. That's where the plot goes. Doesn't have a, a direction. Doesn't have a purpose. 
Like, is it what is this episode about? Is it about Bart's behavior? Is it about if Marge and Homer are good parents or not? Is it about the good or badness of creative sentencing? Is it about overcorrective judges or undercorrective judges? What is it? What are you guys telling me? You got you have to have there has to be a purpose, there has to be a theme. You have to have something. Otherwise, you have aimless mess, which is what this is. 14 minutes and 30 seconds in. We start at Act 3. Uh, Marge and Homer are doing chores in stocks. Trying to, I guess. Um, Bart's on the couch, just watching wrestling. Um, Lisa's trying to chide him. Bart doesn't care about it. Um, Marge and Homer, not only are they in stocks, they also have to be on... on a, Like, go out on the street and get spanked by people from their cars? I assume they think this is funny. I have to. They have to think that, oh embarrassing people and hurting them is funny and probably you probably know this about me i don't like awkward humor uh i don't like people being hurt uh you know jackass is mildly funny because they're doing it you know just because you know they, they want to get a laugh out of people they're they're, they're uh, submitting themselves to this but people just being in awkward situations or people you know being hurt is not funny i don't understand how i'm like oh that person got hurt that's funny it's funny because it's not me that's a terrible way to live. We we shouldn't be encouraging that, and that's all this does. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't even put it. I wouldn't even give it that much, Matt, because it doesn't. It doesn't even have like I, I don't. It's just directionless, aimless garbage. Like there, yeah. The ta- town spanks Marge and Homer from their cars to embarrass them. For to what end? Everything that happens in everything that happens in an episode should advance the plot advanced character or tell a joke and 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 theoretically everything you you want it's it's not easily achievable and not realistic for everything to do it but you want everything in an episode to do all of those things at once you want it you want some you want stuff every single moment in your episode you want it to both advance the plot advance character tell us something about these characters and be funny you want everything to happen at once and it's that's very hard to do don't get me wrong. But I would argue that most of the things in this episode don't do any of those things. They don't advance a plot because there ba- there's barely one. They don't advance, they don't tell us anything about character. Usually they do the opposite. And I didn't laugh once in this entire episode. Nope. And there's no... When I talk about the depth of a great Simpsons episode, that's what I mean. It's not just literally, oh, uh, this means multiple things at once. It also means depth of storytelling, meaning you can't. It is achieving all all the same thing in in the same action. It's efficient, and this is the opposite of that. And much of the Scully years is, and so Marge and Homer get embarrassed because they're being spanked. I guess um, Homer is is telling Marge that hey, all you have to do is say tell uh, the judge that you're a bad parent, and she'll take the stocks off. Which when is that established? Never, never just now. I guess like she wants her to. She wants Marge to admit that she's a bad parent. But what does that have to do with their punishment? She never says say like literally. All you have to, if you want that to be meaningful, you have to have the judge say that. She says, "I will let you off if you just admit you're a bad parent." And like that could be something that could be like the 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 crux of the end of the episode is Marge not willing to admit she's a bad parent, even though it has nothing to do with the beginning of the episode. Um, because Marge is not involved in the beginning of the episode. It's Homer. Like, that's where we are. We've gotten so far away. But it, they don't say that. It just is Homer 
like pre like supposing oh yeah if you admit you're a bad parent she'll take off the stocks who says that that doesn't that's not been established you have to establish these things and then they go to flanders shop and take off the stocks with power tools but there's no fiber optic judge this time matt that's that's good at least i mean i i just don't but why does there alarm on the tether, but there's not an alarm on the stocks? Maybe they, the fiber optic technology hasn't caught up to that yet. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just another moment of going, oh, because they needed the plot to keep going, and they don't want to stop it yet. And then <laughs> this is, and this is, this is really, I can excuse it if this, if it, if from here on out, it stayed on a, a single track and followed it to the end. It just goes, it just goes off the rails because. They take off the stocks, and Marge literally says, it is a matter of principle. I don't want to admit that I'm a bad parent, because I don't think I am. Okay. So logically, Matt, from this point forward, if 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 we are, if Marge is saying, I'm not a bad parent, I don't think I am. I'm not going to say I am, because I, 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 I'm not going to lie about what I think. It's a matter of principle. You would see, think that towards, till until the end of the episode... We are either going to make or break that hypothesis. Either Marge is going to prove that she's a good parent to the judge, or she's going to understand, oh, wait, I'm actually not as good a parent as I thought, and I'm going to redouble my efforts and try and be a great parent. Right? That makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Totally makes sense. So you'd either have one of those two things happen, and it's not definitely not what starts the, like, Marge only enters the episode halfway through, when she cuts the tether, basically. But it's something. It is something. But instead, they take the bus to the judge's house. That they have her address some for some reason. And they take the bus. Why? They can't drive? Why is, why is this happening? What is going on? What does this have to do with parenting? They're angry mm. at... So, they go... They're Now they're getting back at the judge? What does this have to do... This is... Are they? This is not Bart. This is Marge and Homer. They are adults. Why are? It's not Bart. It's not Bart pulling a prank. What? what what's going on, Matt? Help! Help! Man, I got nothing at this point. This they just they're throwing stuff at the wall and thinking, oh, let's see what sticks. But nothing, nothing sticks. This feels like all of this feels like a first, like not even a first draft. This feels like just uh, uh some sketches. And they just went, oh, let's just write scenes. And that's it. That's the episode. Because they stop at the judge's house. They realize it's a houseboat. And the cops show up and then leave. Why are the cops there? They were just driving through, I guess. But they, why? They were, oh, they're on patrol. What is the reason? Everything should happen for a reason. It's not funny. They make a – Marge and Homer are making out and they – okay. So we have Marge and Homer. We have Marge and Homer. Stop at the judge's house, and they're going to do something. Now, time for Operation Judge Get Back At. If that costume shop knew we were using these burglar outfits for real, they'd be furious. Okay, she lives at One Ocean View Drive. Let's start skulking. It's only the milkman. Hey, maybe I should be a milkman. Concentrate, Homer. But, uh, 
This address must be wrong. No! No, there it is! She lives in a houseboat? Wow, she is so cool! We hate her, Homer. I know, I know. Fight to power. Let's do this thing. Who thinks houseboats are cool? One. I mean, there's a certain segment of people that would be like, oh, houseboat, that's pretty cool. I don't think they'd freak out and go, oh, that's so cool. Whatever. They're sculping around. They're wearing burglar outfits. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, They end up going down to her houseboat, and they are going to get back at her. Homer does look in and see her showering nude, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, They're going to hang up a banner that says Big Meanie on her houseboat. That's definitely going to do it. You're not going to report her to her superiors, try and get her kicked out of office. She's a judge, so she has to be elected. You're going to hang up a banner. That, who's going to see this? She lives in a houseboat. Exactly. At the end of a street. Uh, the only houseboat at the end of the street. It doesn't make any... And then, okay... This I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify with it with you, Matt, that this actually happens mm-hmm. because as they're turning to leave after they hang a banner and after they they're literally hammering nails into her house, she doesn't hear that that doesn't alarm her. But then a seal shows up and the seal is a guard dog. Yep, because seals do that totally. Why? Because it's funny. Like, hey, she got a houseboat. She couldn't have a dog on a houseboat. But what if she had? A seal. That's like the dogs of the ocean. So they are cornered at the end of a dock, Marge and Homer, and the judge comes out because uh, the seal starts barking. And Homer, uh, 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 Homer, there's a, one of two things. Is Homer grabs a cinder block and is going is going to throw it. I he he's trying to hit the judge, right? I would assume, uh, I mean, blunt force trauma to the head is generally something that's well understood, even by Homer. So he is going to either try and horribly injure or kill the judge, but he misses and hits her 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 house instead, uh, 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 puts a hole in it, and it sinks immediately, like a cartoon. Just goes, boop, right down in the water, mm-hmm. in like a second, uh, and all her belongings go down with it. And then we get to the last scene of this episode, basically. Which, when I was talking about earlier, Matt, the worst scene in this episode, I was talking about this scene. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is one long scene, but there is one part kind of in the middle that just I wanted to throw up. (laughs) So uh, there's so many things wrong. There's so many things wrong. Because now they sunk her house. We get a a news flash, the newspaper flash across the screen that... uh, the judge has lost a very important quilt. I do want to mention that because it comes up in this clip. Mm-hmm. And Marge and Homer are now in court, I guess, for sinking the boat. I Before this, I play this clip, I do want to ask, wasn't it juvenile court? Why she... Springfield has one judge, Robbie, obviously. I mean, literally, I have already seen a different judge in this episode, Matt. Well, yes, but she is the temporary judge that comes in when he's off. I, 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 the rest of the time, when Judge Snyder is there, she doesn't have a job. Yes, that's how judges work. Mm-hmm. I am a person in the real world who yep. who understands life. Mm-hmm. So here's the ending of the episode. It's it's a long clip, but I think uh, er, we need to hear all the, the horror and get p- full proper context. That quilt was made by my grandmother. So it cost you nothing. Shut up. You two are not only horrible parents, you're violent criminals. 
and I'm gonna lock you up till frogs do fractions. Your Honor, may I say something? Well, it is highly unorthodox. So no. Please, Your Honor. Oh, I can't resist that look. You remind me of me when I was a little boy. Your Honor, it's not easy being my parents. I'm always screwing up in school and getting in trouble with the law. But if I grew up to be a halfway decent person, I know it'll be because of my mom and dad. Everyone else might give up on me, but my parents never will. <laughs> That's my brother. Um, did she say she used to be a dude? So, Your Honor, if you're going to punish anyone in this courtroom today, I ask that you punish me. Okay, I will. <gasps> Bartholomew Simpson, I hereby sentence you to five years in juvenile hall. <gasps> ah! Well, I'm back from vacation. But I was just about to bang my gavel, making the sentence official. Sorry, I've already put my clown down. But I was just going the to... The clown is down. Oh! Judge Snyder, motion to declare a writ of boys will be boys. Motion granted. Case dismissed. All right, we got lucky that time. But I want everyone in this family to raise your hand and promise not to break the law for one full year. We, we promise. promise. <gasps> 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 that was close. Please drive off me. No. Hmm, what's that noise? Uh, uh, it's just the radio, dear. And at that point, Matt, Homer drives over Hans Mole Man again mm -hmm. with the, the back tires and drives away. And the, the music, the music starts playing. And then we fade out. We fade back, I guess. And we see Hans Mole Man get up and walk away. Because there are no consequences for anyone getting hurt ever. Got run over. He's fine. Um, there's so so many. I could. It's just a laundry list. So oh oh, it's it's ridiculously long, and they're all awful. I mean, we have to talk about the most important one. Is that oh, haha! Ha, isn't it funny that she said she used to be a dude? Ah ha 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 ha! God bless the fact that Lisa was like, oh, that's so sweet. I roll it over it, but of course, uh, Snake uh, is supposed to be our audience stand-in because who else would be in court, Snake, and would be totally freaked out by that fact. I, uh, yeah, I, I had, you know, I had forgotten most of this episode, uh, and I definitely, absolutely forgot about a throwaway trans joke for no real reason. Uh, mm -hmm. it's like, it's just using it as a punchline. It doesn't even, there's no reason for it. There's no, it's not funny. Uh, it, it it's, it, it's just, it just makes this all the worse. It, there is, this is terrible. This this so homer and marge are in court they're in court because they sunk her house robbie you have you have to take your 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 head out of your hands when you talk about this i'm, I'm sorry i'm I, I know that's where it wants to be i'm i can't i'm just like literally face palming this entire time they Mar marge and homer are in, are in court because they sunk her house and which is a thing you should go to court for that's that sure. is property destruction that is danger you should be in court for that but you should be in a different court with a different freaking judge who doesn't have a personal stake in it uh, yes but well, okay let it, uh, i will accept the facts sure i will let any all of that go matt if bart you know bart little she lets bart talk why oh because of the throwaway trans joke we have to have that in there uh 
It could be any reason, guys. You don't have to make an offensive joke. Uh, but no, that's the the quickest, easiest way is to make a, a, a offensive joke that makes fun of another. Uh, that that's how you do that. Um, I so there's no reason why she wouldn't let Bart talk. Why would she? She does it for no reason. You know, there is no real reason. They just put a reason in that doesn't make any sense with the rest of this episode. Um, Bart does make an honest appeal and says, no, I'm, it's my fault. I take responsibility for this, even though that doesn't make any sense because I'm not blaming a 10 year old. It is Marge and Homer's fault. They're insane in this episode. Usually it's just Homer this time is, but it is Marge as well. More character assassination standard for the Scully years. Homer and Marge are at fault. It is completely their fault. Mm-hmm. But because they're the protagonists, we have to feel bad for them. We have to root for them. Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically, we're supposed to. Well, yeah. And, but then Bart goes, oh, she's like, okay, we'll punish you, Bart. You've got five years in juvenile detention. And you're like, okay, that's something. I mean, I don't know what it has to do with any of this. And then Judge Snyder shows up. Just like he disappeared, he randomly reappears in the middle of a case, and we get the boys will be boys sentence, and nothing matters. Nothing in this episode matters. Nothing, nothing in any episode of the past season has mattered. Hey, I'm I'm aware, Matt, but I'm not going to just let it off because it's as bad as the rest. Uh, I'm not saying we should let it off. I'm just saying we should acknowledge that this is worse than usual. Ah, uh, I wouldn't say worse than usual. As usual is right, pretty dang bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it it's bad. Uh, uh, nothing matters. And what what is this episode saying? Because is it it it's is it? Oh well, what I end up getting from it, which I don't think I'm not going to say they intended this because I don't think they intended anything. They just wanted. You know, they had a contractual obligation to put out this many episodes, so they made sure it was 20 minutes long, and hey, we have a Simpsons episode, who cares if nothing matters in it? Um, But what I get out of this episode is saying that um, we have two judges, and one is very lenient, and boys will be boys. And that's preferable in the end of this episode, because it lets us have our main characters back. And there's Mm -hmm. another judge... That is very strict and hard line and wants to punish people with 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 cruel and unusual punishment. The Marge even says that exact words in this episode with tethers and stocks and public spankings and whatever. And that's clearly bad. She's bad. She's maniac. She's she's megalomaniacal. She is uh, she's it's, it's too much. People, it's it's disrespectful to people. It's abusive. But ultimately, it's basically saying that we that both sides are bad and nothing matters. And who cares? Because Homer literally runs over Hans Moment in the episode and he's fine. This is a cartoon. Don't worry about it. Nothing matters. And I'm going to say this, man. The standard defense. Not there's not many people who make this defense. But I think by this point, if you're still listening to this podcast, you're firmly on team Scully years are terrible. But there are people who are trying who try to defend not just the you know Scully or Simpsons, but any kind of any kind of art that doesn't have a, an explicit message or a theme at all. Like just say hey, it's just randomness. Mostly, fam- you know, Family Guy does it, where it's just like a bunch of jokes and it doesn't have really like a theme most of the time. And if it does, it's very loose. 
And a lot of people try and defend that by, oh, you, it's it's just something for you to turn your brain off. You know, you turn your brain off and you just enjoy it. I think, yeah, there's room for escapist to escapism in art. I, I, there, I, I'm firmly on team. Escapism is nice sometimes, where you can just kind of jump into a fantasy world where everyone is, everyone is safe. You know, there's there's no danger or or, or threat of real harm or conflict yeah there are lots of shows that could be funny like that but they don't have to be an attempt at funniness like this they still i'm gonna like hey escapist art you know stories are built around kind of simple things that you know no one's in danger no one's gonna you're not gonna lose friendships no one's gonna get hurt every you're gonna have all your favorite characters be okay at the end and everyone's gonna get along they still understand plot and story and abject cruelty is not a fundamental aspect of them which this is there is just it's just filled with it and i'm i can't do it anymore this i'm so four episodes left and then we'll see i mean there will still be bad episodes man algene there's certainly i know right off the top of my head there are multiple bad episodes still after algene takes over but they they're not just this this is i will say it again this is shameful this is lazy and stupid and offensive period yep and a terrible experience to watch it's it's both boring and frustrating and tedious to like it's not even i can't even it's not like oh yeah it, it, it flew by it drags it takes so long it's it does nothing right. I don't know how you anyone can d- enjoy this. It's unfathomable to me. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Matt, is this episode broken? I mean, we've gone over this. We did, I, I don't know if we agree on the definition of broken, I, but it's really, me, really bad. Give me yes or no. Is it in your mind, yes or no? I'm going to say no, because this episode is so fundamentally useless that there, there's, there's nothing broken about it. It just shouldn't exist. Um, I mean... I don't think I don't think the idea of the episode is unsalvageable. I I think that like you can easily build a Simpsons episode that is not a complete piece of trash out of this idea. But it, it this is not that. This is miserable. I I don't know if it's broken or not. I know it's very very bad. I I don't know it's not it's not as messy as, like, that's the thing. It is not as messy as, you know, a lot of episodes. It's not as messy as, uh, like, say, like, Sips and Safari, or Kill the Alligator Run, or uh, Homer, even Homer's vs. Dignity. Uh, what's the... Bye Bye... Ner- Tennis the Menace. Um, which, is, which is the one that ends with him surfing? Oh, uh, <laughs> the one with the grifting. Oh, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh, um, it. It's 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 like it's not as broken as that, but I don't know. At this, I'm lost. All I've lost it, man. Yep, that's where we're at now. I'm gonna oh, say, uh, I, is it the great money caper? That's what it was. The great money caper. The more I think about that, I want to put it lower on the episode list, but yeah, it doesn't matter. They're all terrible. Uh, I don't. I would say it's not broken. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 
It's not fine. All right, Matt. It's time for our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I come through the alt.tv.simpsons news group, see where people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted, what they thought of the episode, usually, if there's anything else interesting I find. Got some reviews for you, Matt. You ready? Ready. This was one of the best series premieres I've seen in a long while. The only real bad part was that joke about the Bush daughters. That was uncalled for. Still, I always like it when members of the family get into legal trouble. Heck, with the exception of Maggie, all of them have been arrested at least twice. Also, the way the family coped, or tried to, with the tether and stocks was hilarious. Although it was rather cruel and unusual, the revelation at the end that Constance was once a guy had me ROTF. I hope we see this character again. A-. Next review. The 13th season starts out with a whimper as we begin the beginning of the end of the Mike Scully era. The Homer, and Marge, the Homer and Marge are bad parents issue has been tackled before, and better, episodes like Home Sweet Home Diddly Dum Doodly. Some decent jokes here, but nothing all that memorable. The run of the mill episode, Dane Kismeric was good as Judge Harm, however, which helped kept the episode from being completely useless. See? Final review. It sucked. And it wasn't even funny like past sucky episodes. I rated a D-. minus. the premiere is this bad, I don't have that much hope for the rest of the season. Yep. Totally agreeing with that person. Mm-hmm. Not much else in the, not much else in the news group. Well, you don't want to talk about awful things. Yeah, so, you know, the, the, there's more. There's talking about. There's more creative there's people talking about creative sentencing and talking about how it was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is the most underrated Trails of Horror segment? I uh, appreciate everyone took the time to answer. Lots of good answers. Uh, for Brian, the Coraline parody Coralisa often gets overshadowed by the auto-cannibalism-centric mm, Homer, perfectly captures the tone of Coraline, sports a fantastic alternate animation style, and makes great use of Neil Gaiman. Uh, from Thomas, I think School as Hell has grown the most for me with each rewatch. It ends too abruptly, but the rest is a fun look at Bart as a literal demon. Uh, from Lauren, I have to go with an oldie, Bad Dream House. Although it's from the second season with kind of rough animation, I still find it funny and clever. I love the line, it chose to destroy itself rather than live with us. You can't help but feel a little rejected. It's also one of my mother's favorites, so it says a soft spot in my heart. Uh, from Teresa, I don't know if it's the most underrated, but I've always liked Easy Baked Coven. I think I have a soft spot for Homer dressed as I Dream of Genie. <laughs> Uh, from James, I think the most underrated is Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores. If, if nothing else, then it containing what I believe is the greatest li- line ever in the show, he came to life. Good for him. Uh, from Ash, I love the segment where Dr. Hibbert turns everyone into animals. I honestly, as a kid, that was my favorite one. I used to have all the Trials of Horrors recorded, but could never remember which one the segment was from. I had spent hours watching through just to find it. Though though I was an animal, a animal crazy, hold, uh, owning so many reptiles. Uh, from Derek at Ismus Derek. House of Wax, funnily enough. I never really see it get mentioned, but I think it's full of memorable lines. Just like any good old classic Simpsons quote, mmm, unexplained bacon has entered into my daily usage. Uh, Steven at STE Redhead. Omega Man. Rewatched this recently. It's solidified its place as a top three segment. Uh, Lauren at El Columbia 88. The, fl- uh, the fly is a good one people don't talk about. It's funny, keeps a bit of the horror element, and that fly head is super creepy. Fly head is super creepy. Uh, that one cartoon fan, at one cartoon. Gotta be honest, I love the King Homer segment from Chaos of Horror 3, Candy Apple Island. What do they got there? Apes, but they're not so big. 
Love that quote. From Caroline at Karolinski. Not sure if it's underrated, but when the billboards come to life, I often have the jingle. Just don't look in my head. One day that jingle will be true about the Kardashians. There's too many people looking. It's the problem. Mm-hmm. You just don't look, man. It's a secret. That's the secret to a lot of things in life. You don't look at them. They're not, they you know have behind the scenes without they, bad things they, happening. They, they don't exist anymore. Uh, what's your answer, Matt? Uh, I actually also have to go with Attack of 50-Foot Eyesores because I feel like uh, I think somebody said The Fly. And that's a great one, but I think that is widely acknowledged as one of the better ones um, because that is also a really great one. Uh, but yeah, uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores is just a really interesting way that the story comes about and how it ends uh, is, is is pretty great. My answer is uh, the It's a Grand Pumpkin Millhouse. Oh, yeah. The, I just watched that one. It's really good. The um, the, the Peanuts uh, parody one from Just Far 19. Uh, I think, like, I usually, when it's anything's underrated, I usually try and go for a post-Golden Years thing because mm-hmm. generally they're overlooked a lot more often than Golden Years anything is because everyone has seen all the Golden Years episodes a thousand times. Um, but... It really, it, it, I think it adequately captures the charm of uh, you know, Peanuts and Charlie Brown while also inserting the Simpsons' own certain charm in there and the fact that the Great Pumpkin wants to kill humanity. Nice, fun twist. Makes it makes it a trio so far. You know, it's a little horrific at the end there, too. Basically, just seeing the Simpsons characters and mixed with the Peanuts designs is enough, honestly. They could do almost yeah. anything else, and I'd still find it very charming. Um, next week's question. What's a one-off character that should return? Come back. Either as just another guest, as a re- recurring character, or as a, a full-time character. The thing about that one. Mm-hmm. We might have asked this before, but I don't remember, so we didn't. That's how that works. I'll post this question on all our social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S M R T. I mean, S M A R R T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are tied one to one after one episode. Give me an easy question, man. All right, sir. Today, your first easy question. Uh, these are all from Marge versus the Monorail. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if you remember that one as well as you think. Mm. Uh, who is picked as Springfield's monorail conductor? B. Homer Simpson. You are correct. Him and Bitey. I'm pretty sure Bitey is a subordinate role. I mean, he's always on the, the train, so. Exactly. Uh, your questions, Matt, come from Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Ooh, Okay. What is the name of the B-Sharps hit? Uh, whew, you're making me... Uh, oh, 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 Baby on Board. That is correct. Going way back there. Baby All right, your medium question. On board. Yes, go ahead. Uh, where does Lyle Lanley try to flee to after he has the town's money? Where does he end up, or where does he try to? Where does he try to go to? Okay. Um, it is... Hmm. Aruba? Ooh, so close. Tahiti. Tahiti! Urgh, and it was like South Pacific something or other. Dang it. Then he ends up in... Where all Americans go. <laughs> then he ends up in... Ogdenville? Ogdenville? He ends up in one of the towns that he's already been. Uh, he's already swindled. They go into the plane to presumably murder him. Your meme question, Matt. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What is the, what is the Johnny Carson 
Karnak the Magnificent gag that makes Chief Wiggum angry. What is the gag that makes him angry? Yes, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of guidance here. Chief Wiggum's watching television. He's watching Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson is doing the envelope to the forehead gag. Oh, yes. Okay, I, I remember now. Uh, yes, he is saying, um, oh, I remember it. I can remember everything except what Johnny says because it's it's a gag and then something something Chief Wiggum. Uh, oh, name three castaways: the Gilligan Skipper and Chief Wiggum. You're correct. Haha, <laughs> that took a while. You're a monster. What's my hard yep, question? That happens. Your hard question: What are the three cities Lanley sold monorails to before Springfield? Mm-hmm. You obviously know one of them: mm-hmm. Ogdenville, um, North Haverbrook, and Brock. Way, I think it's I think it's Brockway, North Haverbrook, Ogdenville are the three. Is that your final answer? I'm not confident about Brockway. It's Brock something or Block Brock Brock. Brock it's not Brockville. I don't think it's Brockway. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to stop you there. It's Brockway. Uh, Congratulations, uh, Rob. You got a hard question. Uh, right? Yeah, it's a miracle. I did not remember Brockway, so I was like, "There's no way Robbie remembers Brockway." Brockway, Ogdenville, North Haverbrook. Put those on the map. There you go. Your hard question, man. What does Nigel's business card say he offers as part of his management? Oh, I have no idea. Not going to string you along today, Robbie. No clue. Three things. He, it stars discovered, fortunes made, and hats blocked. Of course, hats blocked. Yes. Of course. After two episodes, I'm one point ahead. Of course. We'll see if that lasts. It, 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 It won't last. Narrator, narrator, <laughs> it didn't last. Um, <laughs> we'll have more questions next week. We can move on to our final segment. Segment in every single episode it is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode's very bad. Mm-hmm. How bad is it, Robbie? I honestly can't. I. It's a. I don't know anymore. I don't I don't know what bad is. It's hard to say like I can't I all these episodes just blurring together. I, I some of them I just can't even like I don't even remember what happens in them. Like when I'm like what is happens in the in this episode versus what happens in that one? Like what is it? None of it means anything anymore. They're all the same kind of milieu of terrible. Um is it better or worse than Tennis the Menace? I have to say worse just because of the, the two particularly bad jokes in it that just make me mad. You do remember Tennis the Menace, right? Not really, no. <laughs> that's the problem we're facing. See, that's what I mean, is they're so bad you just want to forget them. But Tennis the Menace is very, very... It makes less sense than this, Matt. That's true. It makes less sense, but it's not outright mean, which I feel like this is. You sh- I mean, Dennis the Menace is literally, like, both Homer and Marge kick their children off their tennis teams so that they could beat each other, and there's no reason for it. I guess that's not as mean. I don't know what is and yeah. what is not. I just remember being infuriated by Tennis the Menace and how little sense it made, because it really doesn't make any sense. This episode, uh, like, I think it makes a little bit more sense. Uh... It still has lots of inexplicable things, just like like Bye Bye Nerdy, Matt. It's the same thing, where it's like, yeah, surface level. Yeah. It doesn't, like, I think that makes, 
Because I would say this is right above Tennis the Menace, right below Bye Bye Nerdy. I still can't believe Tennis the Menace is below Bye Bye Nerdy, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I just I like it. I know why Tennis the Menace is below is below Bye Bye Nerdy is because Bye Bye Nerdy like makes more sense. Like it doesn't make. I guess that's much. true. It does have a a arc, kind of, sort of. I mean, yeah, the the arc is nonsense and it's stupid and doesn't really make it like any of these episodes. Like any of like, like from anything below Homer's Odyssey, which are all Scullier episodes. They're mm-hmm. all from seasons twelve, ten, or eleven, and now thirteen. All of them have elements of why is this happening? What is going on? Why would characters do these things, et cetera, et cetera? And it, I think just at a, a surface level, I feel like Tennis the Mess makes less sense than Bye Bye Nerdy. And that's like, I, that's a very low bar to clear. Like, hey, you have to make sense as like to be a, to tell a story, but you can't clear it. None of these episodes can. They don't make any sense. People just do things for no reason. And I'm like, yeah, this episode's mean, but I don't. They're all mean, Matt. It's offensive. They're all offensive. Indeed, they are. I. I would put this right above Tennis the Menace. I'm fine with that. Uh, I'm not going to quibble over how bad this is. <laughs> it's at, a, at a certain point, that is what... I, you know what? That is what I'm looking forward to, Matt, is just... I know the Algene years aren't perfect, but episodes that were like, I can actually go, oh, it's there's a reason I like it above this episode or below this episode. Not just, eh, it's bad. How bad is it? I don't know. <laughs> pretty pretty bad it pretty bad parent reps pretty bad i actually said yesterday that i thought it was better than south of sword galactica nope no that's wrong that's totally wrong yep. it's way worse than south sword galactica i think every time i talk i end up talking about them with you it makes me like kind of go oh no wait this is miserable because actually you know when you start discussing the finer points of things you go oh wait a minute this wasn't written by humans that puts uh the parent rap at solid number 250 on our list Five from the bottom. Number one on the list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on the list is still Simpson Safari. Will it be surpassed? Maybe. Oh god, I hope not at this point. No, yeah, we're no man. I, I think we're gonna get worse than Simpson Safari. I wow. think. Okay. There's there's if there's three episodes, any of which I think is possible to beat Simpson Safari as the worst off the off the top of my head. That's not talking about all the episodes that I can't remember. That are at probably also possibly worse than Simpson Safari, but I don't know. We'll find out. What's our next episode, Matt? You know, uh, actually, I am pretty close here. Uh, again, it's still in the Scully years. It's Homer the Mo, which I remember as being decent, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't really. I've I've seen this one more recently. I don't really remember it still. Um, but we're gonna find out next next week. Um. I think that'll do it for us today. Before we go, you can find me. Wait, see. No, before we go, you can find all the stuff on our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed. Link to our Patreon if you want to throw the show a couple dollars. A link to this to our best episode ever list. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman or my website, which is RobbieDorman.com. Links to all my podcast work is there. The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. Serial Fanasis. It's about lots of nerdy things. Uh, whatever I want to talk about with my friends, basically. And uh, also a link to purchase my debut horror novel, Conquest, uh, available now on Amazon.com. It's a story about in a, a no- small northwestern mountain town 
in the midst of a culture war besieged by werewolves and wildfires. You can read it for free with Kindle Unlimited. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Yes, I have been feeling my age lately, so I've decided to go old school this time. So just uh, pick up your uh, phone and ask the operator for, you know, that guy on the Simpsons podcast, and they'll they'll connect your right to me because I still have my landline. It's not plugged in or anything, but, you know, magic at all. If it's good enough for the Simpsons, it's good enough for me. Oof, Matt, saying that, that's... <gasps> I know, I know. Oh, that's a little dangerous. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.